Radio Sports Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. It's time for The Rush with OU color analyst Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. Got a question or opinion? Sound off on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. Or call the Riverwind Casino call-in line at 405-329-9000. Live from the Buffalo Wild Wings studios, it's The Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. You know, we really played complimentary football. You know, defense was tremendous out there. Really proud of my guys, man. You know, they, they fought for all four quarters, man. That's what we asked for, man. We didn't lay down. They are tough, physical, suffocating. I'm just really proud of even when the younger guys came in. Man, nothing changed. Coach Mendel said this is a game you guys might lose last year. Would you agree with that? What's changed from last year to this year? I think so. I think last year we faced a lot of times when, you know, adversity struck, you know, kind of both sides kind of come at each other a little bit. But, you know, we really had the offenses back tonight, man. That's just something, you know, we really worked on. You know, we were great on third and fourth down. And we just made so much improvement. I'm really proud of everyone, how far we've come. But we still have a long, long ways to go. Rush is back. Hour number two, Teddy Lemon here. Tyler McComas back in studio, hanging out Newcastle Casino today. I-44 exit 107. Stutzman there, your national defensive player of the week. Big 12 defensive player of the week. He stacked two really good games back-to-back. He's off to a – he's off to at least an all-conference type of season, Right? I mean, yeah, I, after two games, could he be an All-American at the end of the year? At this pace, absolutely he could be. He's mm-hmm. just um, – and you said past two games. With this year, that's – I like to say the past three games because I thought he played – Yeah, that's a good point. I thought he played um, well in the Cheez-It Bowl because, you know, he wasn't sitting back on his heels or kind of being reactionary. I mean, he was attacking every single play, and that's what we mm-hmm. saw on Saturday with him, man. What wasn't yeah. full, just mentally it looks like he's in a different place than where he was a year ago. I, I think above everything else, he is playing super confident right now. Sure. Super confident. Yep. And he's I in a really good place. I hope everyone truly understands not just what it means for him when he's playing at that level, but the impact the rest of the defense gets when he's playing at that type of level. Yeah. Well, I you know, I, I think number one, um, obviously he is he's much more experienced. He has a much better understanding of the defense. Uh, confidence level is way higher. But we also have to mention that the uh, the defensive line in front of him is in a, a much better spot than they were a year That's ago true, as well. Man. That's true. And and every single linebacker will tell you that that makes 
as big or more of an impact than anything else does. And I think those guys up front are doing a, a pretty good job. Um, Non-OU related, I'll just hit this and we'll, we'll move back to OU, but I just thought this was interesting. So apparently Mel Tucker, head coach at Michigan State, has released a statement following his suspension and sexual harassment allegations. Here's what mm-hmm. Tucker just said, quote, Brenda Tracy's allegations of harassment are completely false, in quotes. And apparently he said in the statement that he and Brenda Tracy developed a mutual friendship that grew into an intimate adult relationship. So this just got a little bit more interesting. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really know anything about it other than what I've read. And some of that seems to be like some insider knowledge, not necessarily anything that's been reported as fact yet, but I I don't know. I it seems curious. The whole thing seems rather weird. Um well there were multiple certain, reasons. Yeah, there were some certain details in that story yesterday that were rather weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's wild. Um there I'll is say a this. Uh, there is a it, saying it, that I think we all heard um don't something where you eat, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it is interesting, though, that it would be very convenient for Michigan State to be able to get out of that ridiculous $95 million contract. contract Jim, Jimbo's contract is bad. Jimbo has to have the worst contract in college football. But number two is Mel Tucker at Michigan State. Yes, yeah. they, they'd, they'd happily like to. They're, they're hoping Brenda Tracy is right on this one, I'm sure. Yeah. So, I don't know. That one's going to be interesting to follow, and we'll see if anything or what comes of it. Something will. Drew from Flower Mound. That's very funny. I cannot read it, and just know that I thought the same thing yesterday. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so what do we we think about running backs and the usage here moving forward? He mentioned today, he being Jeff Lebby, that they've got to get more opportunities for both Barnes and Sawchuck, but Tommy Walker had 21 carries. Marcus Major eight, Barnes just two, and Sawchuck one. Yeah, I mean Tawie Walker's not going to go away from the rotation, but like how how do they how do they handle the things at that spot moving forward? Because I I, I thought know. for sure, man, and this could still happen, but I thought for sure going into the year this was the Barnes and Sawchuck show, and it's been anything but that so far. Right, and I don't know, I don't know how much Sawchuck's injury plays into that it's got to be quite a bit obviously um you know i i thought Tawi walker had a great game i thought he had some excellent runs he he's not a home run back like maybe barnes or sawchuck feel like they are yeah i agree but i don't know how much of a home run running game we have right now doesn't feel like much but, Considering what the running game looks like, it feels like Tawi Walker's the best match what for what you we've guess, got going on. What would you guess their longest run on the year is so far? Had they hit on anything 30 yards or more? I feel like wasn't one of Tawi's 30 yards Maybe. Saturday. But uh, we haven't we haven't broken anything really long. I mean, especially in week one, it felt like everything was kind of right there. And, you know... A lot of that has to do with how people are defending us. It's kind of right back to what we saw a year ago. Everyone's challenging our wide receivers with man-to-man cover one and gap sound against the run defense with everyone tight. 
and you know we had we had trouble last year beating that and i we we were started to be very limited pushing the ball down the field and very limited with our offensive line getting movement and it just stagnated our offense in a big ball right at the line of scrimmage and the only real counter we had for any of it was to try and go fast and it feels like we're kind of in that same spot right now which is why i think it's weird that we didn't see uh gibson and anderson out there more the rotations and who didn't play i just that i think that's going to i think that's going to change this saturday again he he admitted they've got to get barnes and sawchuck more carries so I'm expecting that to happen on Saturday. But what the rotations look like on Saturday, I'm, like, really intrigued by that. Yeah. M- maybe not more than anything, but it's, like, top three or top five things I'm looking forward to. Like, how many more carries do Barnes and Sawchuck actually get? I'm going to guess Holly Walker's your starter going into yeah. Saturday. You're starting running back. I, I, I would think so. I, I think that they will get some um, some of the younger guys involved pretty quickly if you – if you take what Levy said at the press conference to heart, and you know, it, it does feel like we we are two games in, and we're kind of maybe not even kind of we're lacking some star power offensively, and that surprises me at running back. I mean, wide receiver was my biggest question mark going into the year, so I don't know if it shocks me, but I. I definitely expected more out of the running backs in the first two games. And it's weird because it hasn't been bad at running back. It's been solid, but nothing more than, than that. And, yeah. you know, it's just been so weird for a guy like Marcus Major because I was down on him at halftime on Saturday, and then he closes the game the way that he did on Saturday, and it's like, what, what, do I, what am I supposed to think now? What am you I know, supposed I to like think about his usage moving forward? I would probably say – Offensively across the board, the position group that's been not the most disappointing. It's because it's not really disappointing, but hasn't lived up to what I had hoped they would to this point is probably the offensive line. It just hasn't it hasn't looked or hasn't felt dominant up to this point. Yeah. And they've had some good individual drives. Again, going back to that ninety four yard drive that they had. Yes. They were good on that drive, but consistency's been a big issue for them. Yep. You know, like the, the offensive yep. line play has really felt like the the offense overall. Like the, the offensive line play I think really mirrored what the offense as a whole uh, looked like on Saturday. Some really good moments at times, but just super inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was it was frustrating you know and i know it's frustrating for him too to see bird um you know get sat down and didn't really come back in the game until late there at left guard uh, hoping this was going to be a breakout year for him and it still may be uh, i'm not saying it's not but Everett came in there and and played at left guard and he was fine he's just you know he's a center and I, he doesn't have the he doesn't have the ability or the the potential that Savion Bird does, but he can come in and kind of mitigate the damage for you. But uh, if we're gonna if we're gonna get to where we need to be, 
we've got to have Savion Bird's got to be in there and playing really well. Well, um, tackles the, have been good. Yeah, the the offensive line play, like when you look at it, the past the first two games, you say, okay, well, they they got a week until Tulsa. They got two weeks till Cincinnati. They better get right before you go to Dallas, because the <laughs> ur- the urgency of what it's not to the level it should be. The urgency is a lot higher after what happened in Tuscaloosa on Saturday, is it not? Well, I don't think there's any question. That Texas team looked fantastic. Um, now, there was some like Alabama's got some issues. Their their offensive line's got some problems. It's not helping their quarterback out, who already is is making tons of mistakes. Um, but. I'll tell you what Texas is really good at. They're really good at getting the ball to their playmakers in space and letting them go to work. And that's going to make it really difficult on anyone. It's going to make it difficult on us defensively, but, um, you know, and, and their defense is adequate. They did some pretty good things. They, they uh, you know, they performed well on the line of scrimmage, but I, they're good. They're, good for, yeah. they're, they're, they're a good football team, man. They are and, a good football team. And Alabama hits on a big – they hit on a big touchdown pass, I, I think, and, and they go up at late in the third quarter maybe. Like Texas faced some real adversity. Even though they mm-hmm. controlled that game, they faced some adversity in the second half, and I don't know if Alabama scored after that. I was, I was impressed, man. For a they team and a moment, quarterback like, that I did not believe in, I was, uh, I was dead wrong about Saturday. I'll, I'll give it up to them. I'm not exactly sure about the timing because I was still in post game, uh, kind of watching it out of the corner of my eye. But um, I think maybe Alabama had just taken the lead and Texas went for it on fourth and had that whole fumbled exchange situation. And you know, I was sitting there saying, "That's you can't it, you can't get a first down on a fourth down off, off a fumble," but like. They ended up getting the the benefit of the doubt on that weird play, and things could have really turned in that moment for Texas. And give them credit on the road to continue to fight and perform well. Outside of a couple of like, really nicely placed deep balls, Alabama didn't hardly do anything offensively. No, and the deep ball that I'm thinking of, Alabama didn't even take the lead on that. It, it doesn't look like they had the lead the entire game. Well, Texas. they led. They led sixteen thirteen right right at the end of the third quarter. Uh oh yeah 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 okay the, yeah then that's I'm looking back at the uh, score log here on ESPN and they hit on a big p- pass play to make it twenty seven twenty four Texas but yes forty nine yard touchdown pass for Milrose sixteen thirteen okay yeah right and I think in, and that's Texas right. goes on a like twenty one seven run after that to win the game yeah and you know right after that is when I think. I, I don't know. The timeline is weird, but um, I thought maybe that's where they had that fourth down. But it was, I don't know. It was it a was, hell of a win, the best win yeah. they've had in over a decade, um, the best win since maybe they beat OU in 2008 when OU was the number one team in the country. And that's maybe. think how far back you have to go. But here's the next step, man, and, and I agree with Zane. Texas looked good, but let's see if they can play consistent football throughout the year for the first time in their players' lives before we crown them as back. That quarterback for Bammers doesn't even escape the pocket in the right direction. That's the next step for Texas now is, hey, great win, awesome. Let's see you be consistent week to week. 
Yeah. They've still got to be – they've got to go through, uh, I believe, an undefeated Wyoming team that's 2-0. This Saturday. An undefeated Kansas team that's 2-0. and and, uh, and Baylor, who I, I guess woke up a little bit against Utah, found a way – to uh, to almost win that game, which was one of the more oddly officiated football games I've seen there in the last couple of minutes, it was strange. But um, Baylor, that's I don't know, man. That's Texas is got to prove that they can handle success. Something that's been elusive for them. Panda in Texas says, "Did the Longhorn Network buy K Ref?" It pains me as much as it pains <laughs> you, Panda. Trust me, I don't I don't like having to say these things. But they played really well. It's true. But it would be like Texas to win this game in Tuscaloosa and still roll into the OU game with one loss. Yeah. We'll see. I know that 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 gives Oklahoma a great opportunity in October. And there's nobody – I don't care what Texas's record is at the time. There's nobody who's going to give them a chance to win that game. Yeah, OU will be what a – I think they're a seven-point dog right now. uh, Eight or nine. The Texas Love Fest is only beginning. I guess it, it I, I, a lot can depend on on now and then what it looks like between now and then. But I'd say I'll probably stay right around a touchdown. Their uh, their fans did chant SEC uh, after <laughs> the game. By the way, I I think that that's a that's a troll SEC chant. I believe, and I think frankly, well played by Texas. And it does, according to some of the reports, it doesn't look like the Alabama fans handled it uh, very well. Oh, shocker! Yeah, uh, yelling things at the Texas uh, pl- players, the, the the Texas bench. I think Alabama had to respond to that. Yelling with, with things, statement. throwing beers at fans, and uh, just typical unruly conduct. So, yeah, not shocked at that at all. All right, we got to hit a break. Quick break. The Longhorn Network will be back nice. after a, <laughs> after a timeout hanging out at Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. Nobody covers your team like the ref. If it's Sooner news and talk you want, it's right here all season long. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Sports Network, KREF.com, and worldwide on the KREF app. GMC continues its commitment to professional-grade engineering in the GMC Truck Series, like offering the world. It is the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman on this Reaction Monday. It's time for our Under the Radar segment brought to you by Boyd Street Ventures. Boyd Street Ventures is a venture capital firm that provides funding and guidance for promising under the radar sooner startups. Learn how you can help support OU innovation at BoydStreetVentures.com. Maybe I should just limit this to an under the radar player. I, I, I'm going to approach it, though, as an under the radar position because you were talking, I think, last segment about maybe the most disappointing position offensively. How about a position that's exceeded at least my expectations? Tight ends have been kind of good in the past game the first two weeks. Yeah. Well, Blake Smith caught a touchdown. Yeah, he did. Um, I'm not going to claim to know exactly how well they fared when they've been out there in like blocking situations, but in terms of their usage without Stogner making a huge impact up to this point, I guess it's more about the tight end position outside Stogner has been yeah. under the radar. So, 
so it's interesting, and, you know, a part of me feels like it is maybe a diversion to some degree because we've been in two tight end personnel a ton. We were in two tight end personnel uh, a huge percentage of the snaps on Saturday. And the reason that's so strange is because I think tight end, with all due respect to those guys, is probably our least talented position group. Yeah. And we've got more of those guys out there and less Gibsons and Andersons and Petways and Freemans and you know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I, I think that the, a couple of things, like maybe this is padding the stats a little bit as far as what personnel packages we're really going to major in whenever we get into some of the real bread and butter games. And the other part of it is maybe it's trying to really develop that group to where they come around and see what they've got and work on some of those packages and try and get them up to par. I'm not sure because, you know, it's curious in in big moments whenever you're trying to get something going offensively and you've stagnated a bit that, We've got more tight ends out there and less of, of, of the guys that we would consider to have some big star potential. Yeah, I just, I mean, early in a game when it's tight and they're throwing to Blake Smith in the end zone, that's not something that I thought was mm-hmm. going to happen before the year started. But he's, yeah. again, he's, he's played well, so all, all the credit to him. Give him credit. Yeah, and I think I, he's, I, I don't he's been hate way it better than I expected. For what the backup tight end spot has, has shown us up to this point, but very under the radar to me on, on Saturday. And I agree. I, this is not as under the radar, but we mentioned it once. I just really want to mention it again. Gentry Williams goes down the second play of the game. That was always going to be a game that tests your corner yeah. depth, and corner depth really showed up for this team on Saturday. I'm very, very impressed with that. Yep, and I think I think Kanai Walker played really well whenever he came in. Um, I, I agree. I think that's a – that's a good point, and hopefully we get back and get healthy there with Wagner a little bit. And I don't know, have we heard anything on Gentry Williams yet? Uh, he came back in, correct? Did he end up coming back in? I don't know. Brent will probably, Brent will definitely be asked about it tomorrow. Um, I think he said after he, the, I, I'm trying to remember what he said after the game. I, I believe he said they think he's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah, um, and then. Hopefully you get Wagner back and continue to add some depth there. I, do I know think he definitely the, said um, if we could just stay healthy at corner, yeah. which, I mean, they have not done a good job of staying healthy there up to this point. Yeah. Well, um, the depth everywhere has helped. Defensive line, backer, safety, you know, rotating more and more guys through is, is going to keep this, this team fresh and – you know, I, I, we're in a we're in a really good spot right now. Two games in, and got to continue to build on it. Obviously, we've got a lot of work to do, but it feels like we're we're off to a, a pretty solid yeah. start. I, I would, did come back in, by the way. Yeah, I thought so. Um, just to throw one more guy out there. Yeah, and text line, give us your under the radar players as well. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Go ahead. I thought Jonah Luulu played really well. Um, he, I think. As far as interior guys, 
to me, is the biggest disruptor. The length he has is is good. You know, he takes some of that edge pass rushing ability and has brought it to the inside. He's he's really active with his hands. He's able to get his hips turned and, and get around the corner on, on those guards and centers quickly. He's got great push. I've really liked what I've seen from, from Laulu so far. I, I don't know. Like some of the stats haven't popped off for him, but he is really disruptive. And later on, like we can bring it up because I know some people are still talking about the pass rush. I was but... just about to bring that up. I mean, there were complaints about it after the game, not as much after Arkansas State. And I think a lot of people just see the one sack and say, see, it's not where it needs to be. I didn't think it was perfect on Saturday. I thought it was – like you got you got to factor in R. Mason Thomas had a sack on one play before he gets held. You know, well, like, like there, it wasn't perfect, but I, I, I thought it was okay. I don't know what you thought, but I didn't have an issue with it. Here is – this is perhaps the biggest reason why we are playing – as good a defense as we are right now through two games and what 135 snaps we've probably seen only 10 snaps of drop back pass with a, a true drop back pass with five man protection meaning uh they get five eligible receivers out into the route tight end releases back releases and your three wide receivers release, and the offensive line blocks our four pass rushers, right? We've seen maybe 10 snaps of that. The majority of what we're seeing is max protect, seven-man protection, blocking our four pass rushers. So what that gives us is think of the numbers. you got seven guys protecting a quarterback throwing, that's eight, right? And we're rushing four. So we've got seven defenders for only three eligible receivers that are out in routes. And we've had good pressure in the, still in those situations. The majority of the incomplete passes that we've seen, um, Stone was 26 of 45, right? Uh, Shrout was 12 of 26. So we're somewhere around 50% completion percentage against our defense right now. The majority of that is because of the pass rush. Either there's nowhere to go with the ball because we outnumber them in the passing game in, in our coverage. They've only got three out, and we've got six or seven guys dropping. We're under and over all those receivers. There's nowhere to go with the ball or the pressure affects the throw, or we outright, uh, you know, defend the pass, get to the quarterback, whatever. The pressure in our defensive line has created the situation for us to play good defense right now. That's why we're so good on third down, is because teams cannot get five guys out into the route. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's see. Text line, Kobe McKenzie, under-the-radar player from yeah. Saturday. Camo Sooner says, under-the-radar moment was quite possibly – one of the worst kicking for chicken attempts that I have ever seen. Did we someone blow a flip flop out trying to kick a field goal or something? Break it, a toe? It was just um, I don't really know how to describe the kicking for chicken on Saturday. 
But Mike, uh, on t- Mike Arona on Twitter was uh, tweeting us, please tell me you plan to acknowledge the worst attempt at kicking for chicken I've ever seen. That was way yeah. worse than the Coach Art Bryle stuff. That's tough. Agree. It's That's tough. a lot if of you, pressure there, man. Whew. Like, how do you, do they just randomly select someone in the crowd to go do it, I, or is it like that's you how have it normally works at like uh, NBA games? I don't know the process of kicking for chicken. Maybe yeah. they do just randomly select someone. Well, uh, what, let me ask you this quickly: yeah, yeah, yeah. What's been your overall uh, take of the in-game uh, atmosphere? I think in-game atmosphere has been fine. Um, we're still directing our attentions to the end zone. It doesn't feel like as much as last year, though. Yeah. Do you do you agree with that? I, it's hard for me because I've got a headset on. I can't really hear what's happening. I'm not in and amongst it. I, I mean, it, I, it still happens, but not as much as last year. And maybe yeah. we, maybe towards the end of the season, it'll happen more and more, but. I felt like it was every single time out a year ago. You know what I have noticed? The band is playing like like songs that everyone knows, like from the hits list, and not necessarily like just traditional like marching band songs. You know what I'm saying? They're playing like like I don't know what you'd call it, dance or I mean whatever that dance or pop like oh. songs that people know like like they hits. some t-swift yeah like cruel, stuff that people did they know play cruel summer in the second quarter nice maybe maybe i thought that was interesting uh we got a little bit of the light show it was tough but uh we didn't get a whole lot of dark but that was pretty cool seems like it's been good crowd yeah. getting into it with the defense being as good as they are on third down dude we got a really good so this was after ou score to go up 21-11, I guess it would have been. So that following SMU possession, they had like a third and seven. We got a really good third <laughs> and seven. It lasted about 35 seconds. I was pretty impressed. Nice. Yeah, well, when you play this, – this, we've talked about this. When you play like, defensive-led football and your defense plays good – there's way more opportunities for the crowd well, to get I, into it. And people actually think you're going to get a third down stop this time. When right. people actually think you're going to get a third down stop, it tends to be a little bit louder. Yeah, that's right. Some excitement. Uh, they like usually it. pick law enforcement for the uh, kicking for chicken, says a texture in the 405. This one was a small-town police officer. Well, just let a first responder try it. Katusa cop. I guess he, uh, he limped off the field. Oh, man, you hate that. Yeah, there's a fine line between the you're, – you're thinking, do I go soccer style? It's a lower percentage. I haven't tried it since hike school. Or do I go with the – try to toe poke it and hit it square just for a one-time thing and could leave yourself uh, limping around By the, the way, the, mo- the most uh, pressing question was answered uh, on Saturday. Would Lindsay Street tailgating be better? As far as I could tell, it was better than it was in week one. Yeah. By a a while. It looked better. I couldn't see if it was amazing, but it definitely looked better from my perspective. I just, I can't. Which would have been hard for it not to be because it looked like it was totally blank in week one. Before we hit a break, I just can't say enough how much I love the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, mostly because the text line kind of operates as 
that one buddy in the text group that all he's there for is to read what you say and rip on you and make fun of you. You, yeah. you know that guy? <laughs> His texture in the 918 says, sorry, guys, I have to quit listening. Going to go listen to some dance now. <laughs> <laughs> that was bad. I didn't, oh, that's so I didn't funny, know man. what to call it, that's okay? Because so it's not – It's I don't know. I, I better just Were stop. Were they playing like some dance? Huh? What? The hits. They're playing Something the hits. Something Jim Harbaugh would say. Yeah, they're playing some dance. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, oh, my God, I sound like an old. This is pathetic. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll hit some things that caught my eye next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The new In Motion Clinic in Norman will work with each patient to take a holistic approach to health and wellness. Functional sports medicine physician Amanda Sadler, MD, is committed to spending time with each patient to help them achieve top-level energy, strength, endurance, and performance. She specializes in the treatment of gut health care. Please consider adopting today and take some time to learn more about American Humane's other work at AmericanHumane.org. It's What Caught Teddy's Eye, brought to you by Yalagosny Law. When you call a law firm, do you want to actually talk to a lawyer? At Yalagosny Law, communication is a priority. That's Yalagosny Law, 405-800-8080. 405-800-8080. Let's get to it. Story number one is? How about Washington State? That was cool. the dub over Wisconsin, and coach in the, the postgame presser says, we belong in a power five. Uh, let that result be the proof. And then, I think it was earlier today, a judge has ruled um, for a temporary restraining order against the Pac-12. They cannot meet. They cannot meet as a conference. Um, and uh, Oregon State, Washington State, no, saying, no, you cannot have your cake and eat it too with these teams that are uh, all going to be bailing on the Pac-12. So pretty interesting there. Um how about the Browns, or should I say, how about Jeez. Miles Garrett destroying the Cincinnati Bengals, huh? Yeah, um, after Jamar Chase called him the Elves, and then he was <laughs> mad after the game, said, man, I called him the Elves, and we got beat by the Elves. They got – I haven't seen Joe Burrow look that average in, uh, well, maybe ever. Well, you know – He's not 100% healthy, by the way. Yeah. If you can't block Miles Garrett, which I understand it, if you can't, uh, it's going to be a long day. Did you see that one uh, where he was, like, standing over the center, acting like he was dribbling the basketball between the legs and then proceeds to run right around him instantly for the uh, for the pressure? Pretty impressive. Uh, can I get a announcer, Baker Mayfield, real quick? Baker Mayfield. How about this? That's a big win. Uh, Minnesota's a good football team. Baker getting the dub, threw for a couple of touchdowns, put the shoulder down on a third down, trying to scramble and get the first down. Pretty nice opening uh, opening week dub for Baker. If that locker room didn't already love Baker Mayfield, uh, judging by the postgame celebration, they, they do. Him putting his shoulder down and getting almost choked out to get the first <laughs> down, that, that surely did it for him. Hell of a and win, man. That's awesome. I love that. The last one, how about this? Tua Tungavailoa, 466 yards passing, three touchdowns in a, uh, a big-time win. Week one, 
uh, getting it done over the Chargers out in L.A. That's pretty impressive. That was an entertaining game. And maybe he's not the best human out there, but Tyreek Hill is still a very, very good <laughs> wide receiver. He can flat out run. That's all I got for All you. right, I've got a few. As of this morning, wow, I can't believe this is a thing. As of this morning, at points, uh, at points bet has taken more bets on the Colorado Buffaloes to win the national championship than any other team. Wow. Huh. Colorado's very humble after wins, aren't they? Have you noticed uh, that? Is this one of those every single person – uh, alumni, student, anyone at Colorado's placing a bet just to uh, just I to hold guess. the ticket on a special <laughs> year. I mean, I'm I'm impressed with what they with what they've done the first two weeks too. But national champs, I'm I'm not I'm not ready for that. Boy, they they win and they let you know about it. Yeah, well, and that was a fun game to watch. You know, entertaining, great atmosphere. Uh, Nebraska started. They started correctly and just totally melted. They're just so and fell frustrating apart. to watch. It got I mean, really Jeff Sims is frustrating to watch is what it is. Yeah. Turnover machine. They should avoid like they need to if, if he's all they have at quarterback, they need to go back to running the option this year. That's it. Well quarterback that rule said the day like off. he's QB one for us. Yeah. They'll get better, but yeah, it's it's going to be a grind for old, uh, Nebraska this Major year. Major injury happened in the Big 12 this weekend. Gus Malzahn says UCF starting quarterback John Rice Plumley is out a few weeks with a leg injury, but it will not require surgery. It's a big deal. They play Kansas State coming up in a in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that is a big deal. That's um, not optimal for them because there's going to be a lot of things that their, their offense runs through the quarterback uh, running athleticism, yeah, that's going to be tough for them to overcome, and it comes at a bad time uh, first year in the in the Big 12. Jim Harbaugh was suspended on Saturday, so he couldn't coach the Michigan yeah. Wolverines against Barry Odom and UNLV. So he had a normal dad Saturday. Jim Harbaugh suspended for the game. He was on the chain gang for his uh, son's football game. Then he cut, uh, mowed the front yard, watched <laughs> the game, hit McDonald's at halftime, and then mowed the backyard after the game was over. A full normal dad Saturday there for Jim Harbaugh. And I've got to say, the least surprising thing I've ever heard. Isn't that <laughs> funny? I mean... Oh, uh, I, I thought he did all those things even when he was coaching Michigan. Cuts, cuts the front yard before the game, right. waits till after to, to do the backyard. It's like um, Fansville or whatever. I, You know, any other coach in college football would be like bunkered down in their house. Like, remember when Nick Saban had the command center uh, whenever he was out with COVID? You would think that that's what he would be doing there, trying to stay locked in and tied into what all's happening. But, no, just it may be like, you know what, this is actually really nice to have a stress-free weekend, go do a couple of things, watch the Little League game, mow the yard, sit back, watch some college football. Maybe this is what life is Could you imagine working at the uh, Ann Arbor McDonald's and Jim Harbaugh had just ordered a uh, double quarter pounder through through their drive-thru? Amazing. Amazing. He definitely ordered uh, milk. Ah, Forget the fountain drink. Can I get a milk, please? You guys got milk? White milk? One more. uh, You think he gets the Happy Meal then? Oh, yeah, 100%. With the boys' toy. DraftKings was uh, blasted, apparently. they did. Today is uh, 9-11, and apparently DraftKings did a never-forget 9-11 parlay 
which is a three-leg parlay, and you get the Mets to win, the Yankees to win, and the Jets to win all day today. And apparently a lot of people had issue with that, and DraftKings had to issue an apology. I saw that, and I guess I couldn't figure out – I mean, the thing is like – the New York teams on 9-11 are tough to beat, right? I I don't know. I guess I didn't, unless that was I'm missing one, something. No, that was one that I read, and I said, oh, I'm going to try to figure out what the big deal is here. I haven't yet. Yeah, I don't know. I I guess you've got to, you, you've got to, you know, I, I don't I guess maybe it looks like it's downplaying a little bit and using it for uh, sports betting, but I, I I think it just kind of plays on it, – that's kind of been a thing for a long time, right? The New York teams play awesome on 9-11. I don't know. Yeah, that that's, was – I think it's I another example that. of people trying too hard here, but that's yeah. just me. Yep. All right, quick timeout. More from The Rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number two. You're Central Oklahoma Buick GMC dealers for bringing you this hour of the rush. Uh, <laughs> this text that rolled through during the break, man. 580, the 9-11 parlay is no worse than the M- Memorial Day mattress sales. I know I'd like to honor 50,000 men who died at Gettysburg with a new pillow top mattress. <laughs> yeah, I, That's true. I'm, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It's it's. I definitely just heard a local commercial for a Memorial Day mattress sale. So, yes, that does happen. OU Cincinnati, 11 a.m., announced today, which had been thrown out there for like three weeks now that that was going to happen, but it's official today. Big noon kickoff. Yeah. I was um, hoping that OU would have no big noon kickoffs and Fox would just decide after two weeks, hell, let's just put Colorado on big noon every single week. Yeah. But OU's going to have at least one. I I kind of figured that – Colorado was either going to be at big noon or uh, wherever the the prime location is for whoever has the rights to their broadcast that week. Um, you know, I don't know. Is is Pac-12, is it a mix or is it all Fox? I think it's – I think it's mostly Fox and then like FS1 and – well, yeah. I, I guess they have some – there were some ESPN games. Uh, this week, like some, they had that nine thirty local start time with Cal and uh, Auburn, I believe. Yeah, well, I think in the non conference Well, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel they're they're probably mostly. We're going to see Fox. plenty of Colorado, but that we, we Cincinnati that. game, and we'll kind of reevaluate tomorrow the three toughest games on the schedule versus what we thought it was going to be before the year. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati could be trending towards a top three toughest game now after how they've looked. Good tough team. Um, they got some. They got some star power at quarterback with Emory Jones, dual threat guy. Um, still have some good leftover talent on defense. So yeah, that, that was a I hell of a win for them at Pitt. I'm very impressed with that. Yeah, no, I agree. That was that was nice. And man, I is how good is Kansas? Kansas Kansas pretty good, man. Um, I better than they were last year, and last I, year they were yeah, dangerous. Yeah, I didn't doubt that. You know, all of a sudden they're going to go back to a two-win team, but 
the game against Illinois ended up being close, but they dominated the first, what, 40 minutes of that game? Yeah. Yep. Fascinating. It's going to be a wild conference this year. It's still trying to develop uh, opinions on a bunch of teams, which is odd, uh, but we'll see. All right, quick timeout. We've got the final hour of the rush coming up here from Newcastle Casino next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Did you know there's a place where you can get good neighbor service and surprisingly great rates on home and auto insurance? Yep, and that place is, ta-da, State Farm. Here's the deal. State Farm agent Cindy Nasher is your go-to agent in Norman for the service you deserve at the price you want.